I'm going to tell you why this voting rights push by Democrats is brilliant. Plus, we have Chip Roy coming on tonight. A great light in the mood. You're going to want to hang on for all that's coming up on I'm Right. I know Joe Biden had a presser today. Oh, oh, I know. We're going to riff on that tomorrow. We have a special anniversary planned. But today, we have to talk about the radical agenda of the Democrats because that's a lot more important. If the Senate cannot protect the right to vote, which is the cornerstone of our democracy, then the Senate rules must be reformed. Must be reformed. Sounds serious, doesn't it? Let's let's take a minute before we get into everything. I have Joe Manchin, Joe Biden, all this voting rights filibuster stuff. Let's let's talk about what's happening, and I'm going to tell you why. It's a pretty smart move by Democrats. I would even call it a brilliant move. Here's here's the situation. Joe Biden, not exactly news to you. Joe Biden's not popular, not at all, not popular with anyone. And now that his approval rating is so low. He's not able to get a major agenda item passed of his. Build Back Better was supposed to be his thing. You know, every president generally gets about one. Obama had Obamacare. Trump had the tax cuts. president gets about one major legislative thing. This was going to be Joe's. It failed. And it failed because Joe's so unpopular that moderate Democrats who have a tough race coming up, they don't want to be seen being associated with Joe Biden because he's unpopular. If he was popular, they'd be all, oh, Joe, he's my guy, bail the ball. Instead, he's unpopular, so they're all, well, Joe Biden, never heard of him, that kind of thing. So the Biden administration is in deep, deep, deep trouble. They also see the poll numbers. We're seeing poll numbers we haven't seen in 80 years in favor of Republicans going into the midterms. The Democratic Party is not facing a normal, you know, well, we may lose the House in the midterms. They're facing a shellacking like we haven't seen. I mean, this may be worse than Obama's midterms. That's how bad it's looking right now. So the Democratic Party looks around. What are they going to do? I mean, you're not going to get Build Back Better through. You're not going to pass any of the other crazy things you want done. What are you going to do? Well, I think what they're doing is brilliant. Uh, I think it's really brilliant. They're trying to cheat. And this is what's amazing. Before we get to why I think it's brilliant, just unpack this in your mind for a moment. Nobody, and a bunch of people have made this point, so I don't want to act like this is original. No one has been able to track down a single person in America, country of 330 million people, if you don't count the illegals, no one's been able to track down a single person in this country who can't vote. So this voting rights thing is not a thing. People already have the right to vote. Everyone can vote. It's it's not a problem at all. What we have, what they're doing with the voting rights thing is a gigantic let us cheat bill. There's not another way to look at it. And I look, you don't have to be a card carrying Republican or anti-communist like me or anything to, to think like that. Anyone with a brain looks at that and thinks, okay, everyone has the right to vote. A voting rights bill? And then you look at it It's just a gigantic bill to let Democrats cheat. That's it. So we have two major parties in this country, and one of the two major parties is announcing publicly their intention to pass a bill that will let them cheat so they don't lose elections. And the media helps them do it. We'll get to that in a little bit. 
But isn't that a stunning state of affairs for what's supposed to be a modern, civilized country? If this was taking place in uh, Yemen, if this was Yemen right now, and you found out there were two political parties, and the one in charge, they're trying to pass a law that lets them cheat and stay in charge, you would look to your wife or husband and say, can you believe those backwater hicks? They're not civilized over there. Look at how, look at how corrupt it is. It's taking place right here. It's not even treated as a big scandal or a big deal. The Democrats have a cheating bill in there. All right, now that's, that's enough of that for now. Let's tell me, let me tell you why I think it's brilliant. It's brilliant. One, it's probably not going to pass. But best case for Democrats is, let's say they manage to strangle Joe Manchin in the dark or something. Best case for Democrats is it does pass then you don't get crushed in the midterms. All right, life's good. You get to cheat your way to a bunch of election wins. I'm sure you may never lose another election. So that's best case. But everyone's yelling at the TV right now, rightfully so. But Jesse, it's not going to pass, so it's stupid. Hold on, you're half right. No, it's not going to pass, obviously. They're not going to get the filibuster thing done. Cinema and Mansion, you're never going to get them on board with that ever at all. It's still brilliant, though. They don't have a lot of cards to play. If you're the Democratic Party right now, the Biden administration, National Democrats, you see the poll numbers. That's all these nerds do is look at poll numbers. Well, how are we polling with the win? That's all they do. They know. They don't have a lot of cards to play. They also know they don't have the same percentage of the black vote right now that they've had. Now, don't get me wrong. They have a huge percentage of it. Last number I saw was in the 70s. The 70s is not good enough for Democrats to win elections. They, they break everything down. Nothing is personal. Nothing is caring. They break everything down demographically. Now, the Republican Party does this, too. I've always thought it was disgusting, but this is how it's done. They do sit down, and they'll say, okay, we need this percentage of men. We'll automatically get that percentage of women. Uh, what, what kind of gay support are we going to get? How about the blacks? Do we, uh, how many blacks? Uh, Hispanics? Do we have the Hispanic numbers yet? Well, if we lose this many Hispanics, we have to get that many. That's how they talk. That's how they talk. They're looking at the polls... 70-some percentage of black people voting for Democrats is not going to cut it. That number needs to be close to 90. So if you don't have any other cards to play, and they don't have any other cards to play, there's no other bill they can get through, isn't it kind of brilliant to just pick one demographic, one of the various parts of their voting base, and just try to grab as many of those as possible? This is all the polling decision. They sat down, looked at the demographics, and said, okay, well, let's try to avoid the losses being bad as we think they are. Let's call it voting rights, and then we'll do some... This will last a month or two, I would guess, maybe less. But they'll do some massive appeal to black people. They'll call it, just like Joe Biden's been calling it, Jim Crow 2.0 and voting rights. And They'll act as if they're civil rights leaders. How effective will that be? I don't know. I, I don't know. They think it'll be somewhat effective. I think it's brilliant. Is it going to work? Is it going to save the House in the midterms? Of course not. They're not in a place where they can save the House in the midterms. But it might make the bleeding less severe, and that's worth something. I mean, remember, this thing is dead. Here's Joe Manchin. I just don't know how you break a rule to make a rule, and thinking you're doing something is going to. We've never done this. Breaking the rules, there's no checks and balances in this process, only for the only thing we have is a filibuster. And they think if you have a situation we have right now, 
where you have the executive branch of government and you have Congress, the House and the Senate, they're all the same. And there's no check and balance because basically you just sweep right through and the same thing could happen if Republicans had everything. The majority of my, of my colleagues in the caucus, Democrat caucus, they've changed. They've changed their mind. I respect that. You have a right to change your mind. I haven't. I hope they respect that too. I've never changed my mind on, on the filibuster. Doesn't sound like a man who's getting ready to change his mind, therefore it's dead. Which brings us to the administration. And this is the bad news. I mean, that was all kind of good news fluff where we're heading. This is the bad news. The bad news is this. Joe Biden, remember, is not running the country. So when I say Joe Biden, I mean the people around Joe Biden. Joe Biden's a full-blown communist. The people around him are. Keep that in mind. This whole moderate Democrat from, from the old school that you thought you might have been getting with Joe Biden is crazy. Joe Biden's not a functional adult. So he has all these young, full-blown communists around him. The communist understands this. He's always understood this so well. And they've always done it. I mean, this is the whole history of communism is this. Once they get any kind of power at all, once they take power, they don't sit back and relax. They're aware people are coming to take it back and they want more. And they've always understood the best way to get more power for them is chaos and division. I mean, if you, you're, you're a patriotic American, you love the country. If you were president right now, you see a country that's divided, all these other things, you would probably be tempted to bring everyone together. Hey, let's, let's dial it down a notch, especially if you were an unpopular president. If they hated your guts, you'd probably give a couple speeches. Hey, I just want to tell you I love every American. We're all going to be together. This is a good country. You Kind of a rah-rah you know, speech. The communist doesn't think in those terms. Here we have a bill that has no chance of passing, Joe Biden feels perfectly comfortable stepping up to the microphone and labeling his political opponents domestic enemies. I will not yield. I will not flinch. I will defend the right to vote, our democracy against all enemies, foreign and, yes, domestic. It was not a partisan speech. It was intended to lay out for the public exactly what's at stake and lay out for elected officials what's at stake. Um, and he stands by everything he said in that speech. Okay. Domestic enemies. They don't they can't turn it off. They don't know how. The communist doesn't doesn't think in those terms, doesn't think in that way. And it is entertaining to look at a bill that has no chance of passing. So now they turn their sights to the filibuster. How do we get rid of the filibuster? And it is amazing to watch the system once again lock shields and fight on behalf of Joe Biden. Here's former comedian Stephen Colbert on his comedy show. Are they still calling it that? Democrats hope to spend the holiday passing much-needed voting rights legislation. To do that, they have to modify the filibuster. But that dream died last week, thanks to Arizona Senator and Mrs. Hamburglar, <laughs> Kirsten Cinema. Stop acting like the filibuster is anything other than an anti-democratic tool, which is also a pretty good description of Kirsten Cinema. Ha ha ha, that's funny, right? I mean, that's what you get now. That's what you get now. And on a quick side note, I understand Stephen Colbert, and here's why I understand it. He got the big dog seat, gets there, and that's, look, it's a big money seat, network television, late night comedy, and he sucks. He's not very entertaining. But he knows he doesn't have to be. If you just become a lickspittle of the system, 
you'll stick around pocket enough millions to get by. Not even trying to be funny anymore. Not even trying to appeal to everyone. The Jay Leno, David Letterman days, Johnny Carson days are long gone. We're now stuck with this crap. Even Stevie Wonder came out. Stevie Wonder, of all people. He definitely thinks we should oppose this thing. Any senator who cannot support the protection of voting rights in the United States of America cannot say that they support the Constitution. Stop the hypocrisy. Cut the bull-ish. If you care and support our rights, do the hard work. You can't please everybody, but you can protect all of us. And to keep it all the way real, the filibuster is not working for democracy. Why won't you? Does he always talk like that? That's weird. Forget about it. I mean, look, every part of the system. I, I saw this headline, and I did enjoy this. Nick Saban, Alabama head coach Nick Saban and others. They're trying to urge Manchin to pass the voting rights bill. And I saw all these Alabama fans, all these college football fans mad about it. What's he doing? What's he doing? So let, let me pause. I know it's not a sports show, but let me explain something to you. Do you know what Nick Saban's job is? What his job really is? Well, he's a football coach. You know, let, let's break it down a little bit more. Yeah, I know there's X's and O's. You know what his job actually is? What your job is as a head football coach? Nick Saban's job is this. He has to travel around the United States of America... And he has to walk in living rooms of 16, 17-year-old boys and their parents. Lots of times, those kids are black kids. And he has to sit down and convince mom and dad that Junior should come to Alabama and that he's going to take good care of them. Nick Saban's just doing the white savior routine thing because he thinks it'll help the next recruiting class. Now, you can call that disgusting, and I would call that disgusting. That's pretty selfish, right, to try to torpedo the United States of America so you can have an extra cornerback who runs a 4-3-40. I would say that's a little bit gross, but what have I told you about our cultural leaders? What's item number one? I've told you there are three things. I'm not going to go over all three, but what's item, item number one? All our cultural leaders share this now. No love of country. Oftentimes, hatred for it, but let's set that aside. I doubt Nick Saban hatred, or hates the country. No love of country. He's head football coach of Alabama. No appreciation for America. No appreciation for anything. Wants another national title. Wants that running back who can juke and move, baby. Hey, look at me. Uh, voting rights. Send Junior to Alabama. We'll take good care of him here. I love black people. That's all you're seeing here. That's what you're seeing from everywhere. And look, because the Democratic Party, they're communists now, they don't know how to simply negotiate or extend a hand. Don't you remember Build Back Better? I know you do. They were trying to pass Build Back Better. And Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin were the two senators standing in the way of it. And they couldn't back off. Remember they sent activists to scream at Kristen Sinema while she was in the john? They sent people to yell at her on airplanes and airports? They sent Joe, Joe Manchin lives on a houseboat in D.C. They sent kayakers up to his houseboat to scream at him, basically at his home. They made him mad, and then he backed off. They're already doing it. Here's a guest on CNN. Listen to this. what this person has to say. So what can Senator Manchin say other than the fact that he is an extremist? Him and Senator Sinema are extremists, and anybody that's hiding behind them are extremists. Because when you want to put your political concerns over democracy, when you serve in some of the highest offices of the land, then something is wrong with you. 
And that is why I do believe firmly that the president, not only the vision of FDR, but he got to take the message and the spirit that FDR had. Call out these folks. Say, I welcome your hatred. Gas up the jet. That's what the perhaps, president should do. Take it to the streets. Wow. It sounds like they really backed off, doesn't it? All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We have the great Congressman Chip Roy, one of the few good ones, joining us next. Hang on. You know there's something really cool out there you can do with your pictures? We did it with ours. I had a friend tell me about it. Any picture you have, maybe it's a family picture of you guys, picture of the kiddos, picture of mom, picture of dad, maybe it's a vacation picture, the mountains, the rivers, the bridges, whatever. You can take that picture, just any picture you have on your phone, and you can send it just online to paint your life. When you do that, you'll have a choice of different artists you can choose from. And again, all this is easy. It's right there online. They'll take your picture. They'll make a painting of it. And you have so many different options. Color, black and white. I'm not going to try to act as if I know all the art terms. Framing options, size options. But that picture can be a portrait a professional painter puts up for you. It's awesome. We did one. The one we did, the two boys, our two sons, and of course, grandma and grandpa promptly came to town and stole it, so we have to do another one now. But it's awesome. We did a black and white one with the kids. You'd love it. It's cool. At paintyourlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. Right now, as a limited time offer, get 20% off your, off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, text the word JESSE to 64000. That's J-E-S-S-E to 64,000. Text Jesse to 64,000. Terms apply. Available at paintyourlife.com slash terms. We'll be back. We're inspired. Hugo Chavez. Cesar Chavez. We're, we're inspired by all of these leaders. Cesar Chavez and Hugo Chavez. You know what? Joining me now to make sense of all this is a, one of the few good people in Congress, my friend Congressman Chip Roy. Congressman, which Chavez are we talking about here? I mean, this is the man in charge of trying to change how we vote. I, I, I would like to get the Chavez's lined up correctly. Yeah, well, you know what? The, uh, my Democratic colleagues are pretty much uh, fine with uh, the Hugo Chavez style of governing. So, you know, we might as well just put him in charge of everything given the, the way things are going. Uh, all right. Now, I've been getting ahead of myself saying I think this thing's dead. But that's what all the information I'm getting is this vote, voting rights, which is we all know what it is. It's a bill to help Democrats cheat. I'm hearing it's dead. But you're in the belly of the beast. Is it dead? Well, I mean, that's the indication. I'm actually going to go over to the Senate in about an hour or two and go sit down with some of my colleagues over there, some of the good guys, and try to figure out what the score is and anything we can do to obviously help. But, you know, anytime you're putting your eggs all in the basket of anybody who was crazy enough to put a D after their name and run for the United States Senate, that's not a good day for America. So right now, we're obviously holding our breath on what Senator Manchin, Senator Sinema may do with respect to holding the line on the filibuster. But the, the bottom line is uh, you've got a lot of pressure. You saw this nonsense yesterday with uh, Saban and Jerry West and all these guys that are playing the woke game that their universities and they're, hey, I want to make sure I can go recruit players to my team. That's what this is all about. Uh, you know, getting in and trying to 
influence Senator Manchin, but it's all bogus. Like, we all get the joke. This is about helping de helping Democrats try to figure out how to stay in power. They're so desperate because the American people are rejecting their absurd agenda, so they want to cheat to do it. They want to be able to use, uh, you know, any kind of form of ballot, doesn't matter where it comes from. They don't want to have voter ID in place, and then they want to lie and say Republicans are doing something about it. The Republicans going around keep calling it a voting rights bill. It's not a voting rights bill. That's a lie. Democrats are liars. That's what they do for a living. They lie. I need you to answer something for me philosophically that I sometimes struggle figuring out. Joe Biden is an unpopular president. He just tried to pass Build Back Better. He's so unpopular he couldn't get support for that. It's by the grace of God dead, at least for now. He's now moved on to the voting cheating bill, as you just described. And he's using words like domestic enemies, Jim Crow 2.0. If your popularity was in the toilet, wouldn't you try being nice? Yeah, well, that's not the, as I, I was not joking about the Hugo Chavez thing. I mean, I get, this is how they are. This is how they operate. They are coming after you. If you're watching this, they're coming after you. They don't care. They want to use the power government. Here in the nation's capital right now, Jesse, I bought my lunch in Virginia because otherwise I would have to go into a restaurant and show a Vax card or whatever they're calling it, which I, of course, refuse to do because, you know, I actually love freedom. How many of my Republican colleagues are going to give in so they can go have their state dinners and go sit down with lobbyists? You know the numbers. The fact is we should all be standing up, up, up against this nonsense. And what you're hearing right there in terms of how they want to approach things, what Biden will do, they're going to they're going to go out and lie to the American people and they're going to say that this is Jim Crow 2.0. They're going to call everything, you know, F whatever it is 2.0, right? They're going to start talking about, I don't know, Holocaust 2.0. There, there's no level, level to which they won't steep this too low. It is true. I, I, it reminds me of back when tr Trump was president and they were calling them concentration camps on the yeah. border and down there doing photo ops and comparing them to Hitler. All right, speaking of the border, Kamala Harris is vice president, or at least so I'm told. She's been tasked with fixing the problems at the border. I'm still not sure she stepped foot on the border, and now she's heading to Honduras. Why is she so bad at this? <laughs> well, it's because she's not actually focused on it. It's not actually her job. That's all show. That was Biden just giving her something to do. Uh, they don't have any interest in securing the border. That's the simple reality. Both, not all of she, the president, and importantly, Secretary Mayorkas, are purposely ignoring the laws at the border. I just want everybody to understand this. I mean, your audience is smart. They get the joke. Our border's broken. But they may not know is the absolute truth that they are purposefully doing this and purposely failing to enforce the laws. Brandon Judd, my good friend, whom you've probably met and know with the Border Patrol Council, Brandon and I were just on a hearing uh, that we just did in uh, Leader McCarthy's office, and I asked Brandon a series of questions. I said, is it not the law of the United States that we must have a secure fence, secure fence act was passed in 2006? He said, yes. Is it not true that there are fence uh, parts rusting in fields in Texas and contracts that are now going uh, unused? In other words, we're paying people not to build the fence. He said, yes. I said, is it not true that we have uh, bullets being fired across the river to border uh, patrol agents and we had to have the National Guard fire on people yesterday? He said, of course, that's true. Is it not true that we have COVID, people wearing masks, we have vax mandates in our nation's capital, yet we refuse to use Title 42 to secure the border? He said, of course that's true. It's purposeful. It is a failure to faithfully execute the laws. And I want every Republican to hear this. Stop being a wet noodle loser and stand up and impeach Secretary Mayorkas. 
now. He should be impeached. He is endangering Americans. Americans are dying because of his action. Impeach him. Do we think, and I, I'm asking you to speak for other people here, but do we think if the midterms go the way we're all praying they go, the Republicans we have in there will have the spine to do just that, finally hold one of these corrupt scumbags accountable and impeach him? Only if we demand it. And by we, I mean we the people. I, I associate myself with the people in coming to Washington, and of course I want the people to hold me responsible and check me as well. If we the people, and if those of us here who get it, stand up and demand that we hold these folks accountable, that we hold my orcas accountable, that we hold the FBI accountable for targeting parents, going after parents, which we now know was all a setup and that the school board was associated with it and the secretary of education was part of it. Let's haul them in front of the committee. Let's make sure that we use the subpoena power that the Democrats currently love to use and view it broadly. Let's haul these jokers in. Let's haul Anthony Fauci in and make him answer for the dead Americans because he's been lying and because he was working in China. We know exactly what happened with this gain-of-function research. And then back to the border, let's stand up and impeach these guys. But look, Republicans have got to come in committed to doing that. And let me say one other thing. Stop funding these bureaucrats. Every time a Republican votes to support our continuing resolutions and our funding bills, they're voting to fund that FBI. They're voting to, voting to fund that Department of Education and its $40 billion to schools to teach our children that America's evil. They're voting to fund the secretary and his $220,000 salary at DHS to willfully disregard our laws. Stop doing that. Stop funding DOD's stupid indoctrination camps where we're more concerned about soji woke you know, diversity nonsense. We should fire every single one of these diversity officers. We should fire 20% of bureaucrats right off the gate in the first month that we're in power. Amen. Congressman, thank you so much for what you're doing. Please keep doing it. Hey, God bless, Jesse. Take care. I like it. 50% of bureaucrats or 20% gone. Well, it could be 50. I'll make it 100. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Drew Berquist, he's a former counterterrorism officer. He's going to join us next to break down what, what is all this Russian-Ukraine stuff? What is happening there? Well, why is it happening? What, what, we could have World War III. Drew's going to talk to us about that in just a second. But first, the quality of your gear is everything. And I'll be honest with you. When I was younger, I didn't care. I mean, yeah, I walked around and I carried. Always had, I always carried conceal. I didn't really care. I'd go in. I, I had my pistol. Uh, just give me whatever. Uh, uh, I like that holster. Just, just give me that one. Whatever you got. Oh, I don't care about my mag carrier. It doesn't matter. Oh, it's a sling's a sling. That's not true. You learn these things as you get older. Quality matters. Northwest Retention Systems. Quality. That's what you're getting. And I know, they have incredible designs. I, I know. Look, on my holster, I have the join or die flags from the American Revolution. It's awesome. They have great designs. Awesome. I, I get that. What I love is they're all custom made. Custom made right here in America. I've never experienced gear this quality in my life. Go to nwretention.com and use the promo code JESSE. Get yourself 10% off. We'll be back. Our view is this is an extremely dangerous situation. We're now at a stage where Russia could at any point launch an attack in Ukraine. That doesn't sound good. Well, at least not for Ukraine. 
Joining me now is my friend, former counterterrorism officer. Gosh, that sounds cool. And host of This Is My Show with Drew Berquist. Drew, okay, first of all, act like I'm dumb, which I know we know each other personally. That won't be difficult for you. Would you tell me what exactly Russia is doing? Why all the concern? Well, look, I mean, Russia is Russia. They want power. They want territory. That's always how they've played the game. And right now they see an opportunity. I think it's funny that there's been commentators on the left saying it's funny that that this is all because it's 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 basically Trump's fault that this is happening now. No, it's the actually the opposite. Trump was actually pretty strong on foreign policy. Putin wants Ukraine. They wanted to finish it off back in 2014. They didn't have an opportunity from 2016 till now. And now they see a, a dementia-ridden president in the office who's going to draw fake red lines and not do anything, send stern warning letters. And they again, they're going to they're push the limit because that's how Putin plays the game. So this, this boils down to an opportunity and, and a really darn good one, if, if, if you're asking me, with, with our guy in office. True. What is Ukraine militarily? I understand Russia is a big dog. I get that. But are, is Ukraine able to make them feel it? Is Russia just going to storm in there like a blowtorch through butter? If this thing actually goes hot, how's it go? Yeah, I think it goes pretty... Well, I mean, uh, barring intervention from the outside, I think just... A yeah, versus yeah. B, it's it's a it's a pretty quick fight, and it's not to say that Ukraine has no capabilities, but but even with the, you know the UK and the US sending weapons to them, there look there there's very few countries that are on the on the par with with obviously no one is on par with us, but but right there behind us with Russia and China, and then there's a steep drop off. So I think to expect that they could they could hang hang on and 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 fight until the bitter end with, with Putin and his forces. It's just not likely. So it just comes down to then, is, is the international community going to say, hey, we're going to step in and stop this? And then what does that look like? Does that lead us to a bigger escalation, which is something that, by the way, we don't want, certainly not right now. True. at the risk of sounding like a cold-hearted jerk, should we care? I mean, it's not that I don't care about women and children in Ukraine who might have a Russian bomb land in their living room. I do care about that. But why should I give a crap about Ukraine? What, what, is it, what does any of this have to do with me? Yeah. No, look, I don't think we should. Look, I, there's always been the understanding that, that the United States is going to step in, be the world police for, force, and sometimes that's required. Is it, is, it, is, it, um, is it our job to stop Putin, though? No. Is it our job to protect Ukraine? No. And what I would say is this, and this maybe sounds like there's a little bit of a double standard, but if we had a different leadership, uh, you know, different White House, different Pentagon senior staff, different leadership at the intel communities, you name it, maybe you could justify if if there if you could link it to something and say here's why we need to do it and we've got the resources we've got the leadership to do it but a it's not our beef and b we've got a military and you talk about it all the time we've got a military who's who's adding two weeks to boot camp for you know teaching about extremism and and knitting and and you know accepting all people and and how they identify so we're not in the position to get into a fight it's not our fight and we're not in the position to get into a fight because the people that would come alongside russia in this aren't going to make it easy on us and anyone else in the international community who pushes back okay last one on this because we got i have something else i want to ask you why ukraine i know russia wants all the territory they can get i get that why they're so hot on ukraine there's a, russia has a big border there's a lot of places there there's a lot of places it's always been up his crawl i mean that's just always been putin's thing i think from resources 
from in terms of their border, in terms of how it fortifies. And look, I'm, I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not a Russian expert. I'm a counterterrorism expert. I spent most of my time in the Middle East. But but it's, this has just always been, I think it's always been a bitter loss that they didn't have these countries anymore. For, you know, again, from a strategic resource standpoint, from, from shoring up their border, adding more territory, it just makes sense. Uh, they've always felt that it was theirs. They, you know, they, they showed that with Crimea. They're showing it again now. All right, Drew, Jen Psaki had this to say about the Texas synagogue terrorists. And I, I man, I, I don't know whether I can figure out if I hope she's lying or not. He was checked against U.S. government databases multiple times prior to entering the country. And the U.S. government did not have any derogatory information about the individual in our systems at the time of entry. We're certainly looking back, as I referenced, at what occurred to learn every possible lesson we can to prevent attacks like this in the future. Uh, beyond that, I'd certainly refer you to the Department of Homeland Security. I, Drew, that's her saying that they didn't have any derogatory information about the Texas synagogue terrorist. Uh, what? He was on MI5's watch list. We know that. Do these people not talk? Yeah. No, this thing is remarkable. I, I you know, I, look, we have lists for a reason. We have, we have watch lists. We have terror lists. We share information, particularly, we don't share information with anyone as much as we do the Brits. There's a reason that we do that. But if you don't actually pay attention to the lists, and the data that's going back and forth, obviously it doesn't it doesn't do you any good. So certainly there's mechanisms in place. Now, granted, there's a lot of information. There's a lot of stuff, particularly, you know, Middle Eastern names um, and, and individuals that are suspected to be involved with extremism that pass. So it gets it gets tricky. But this is stuff that has to be known. Again, this is not a, a maybe. This is a guy who's beaten his cousin with a baseball bat, threatened a magistrate in court been investigated on MI5's list, you know, has mental issues, all sorts of reasons. He's not the kind of guy you let on an airplane and go anywhere, let alone the United States of America, who, again, those two countries should be and, and typically are talking on a frequent basis, sharing information. Drew Berkowitz, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. All right. We have Bobby Barak, sports guy, coming on next. Talk about this Nick Saban going woke thing, Golden State Warriors owner going woke thing. That's coming up here in just a second. But first, you have allergies? Do you have them at all? Do you take the little over-the-counter allergy medication? Or maybe you have something more serious? If you do, I sympathize because I have had them my entire life. My entire life, it's mainly in my eyes. It just They're awful. And so I've always been searching for the perfect air purifier. And I've had so many ones I thought were good that none of them solved the problem, but they'd make the problem a little better. I'd put it in my bedroom at night. Only one actually took care of it. Only one caused me to take my allergy medication and throw it in the trash. Eden Pure Thunderstorm. And what's odd about this is it's the smallest, quietest one. I always had the tall tower ones. This thing's just a little black box. You can hardly make any noise. Plug it right into the outlet. I own three of them. I keep one where I sleep, one where my sons sleep, one in the living area. I don't have allergy medication anymore. You can own three, too, and you can save $200 on one right now. If you go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE3, that's JESSE in the number three, you get a three-pack with $200 off. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE3. We'll be right back with Bobby Barak.
Joining me now is politics and sports writer at Outkick.com, Bobby Barak. Bobby, Nick Saban came out along with Jerry West, and he, he supports his voting rights, as they call it, the voting rights bill. Of course, ESPN was awfully excited about that. Bobby, I, I don't know why this isn't more transparent to everyone. Like I said at the very beginning of the show, Nick Saban doesn't know anything about this bill, doesn't support voting rights. What he does support is his ability to walk in the home of a 17-year-old black kid who runs really fast and bench presses 1,000 pounds and convinces that kid's parents that if he comes to Alabama, he's going to be a nice guy to the kid. It's not more complicated than that. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing more than that. I mean, you saw ESPN and, like, CBS Sports and, like, the Athletic, New York Times, all these groups say, look at what do you conservative white people in the South think now? Nick Saban supports voting rights. See, you guys are the race. But you're exactly right, Jesse. Saban doesn't know anything about this voting rights bill at all. And oh, you made a pretty good point online last night. Um, everybody on the left is saying 2020 was the quote-unquote fairest election ever, the safest election ever. Why do we need voting rights? I thought everything went just as planned for them. I can't imagine why we'd want to make any changes. Yeah, I don't think Saban has any knowledge about what's in the voting rights bill. And um, something interesting is none of these outlets picked up his other comment, which is saying he doesn't support getting rid of the filibuster. So why does one make the news, but the other one doesn't? I mean, in my opinion, neither one's in news because I don't think Nick Saban knows about voting rights or the filibuster. Bobby, there was a clip that came out. I know you've obviously seen it. I have no doubt about that. You probably already analyzed it, but I want to play it again for the audience where the Golden State Warriors owner had something to say about the concentration camps currently going on in China. Nobody cares about. Nobody cares about what's happening to the Uyghurs. Okay, you you bring it up because you really what? care, and I think what that's you nice that cares? you care. The rest of us don't care. I'm just well, telling really you a care? very hard. Wait, wait, I'm you're telling you, you personally very, don't care. I'm telling you a very hard, ugly truth. Okay, of all the things that I care about, yes, it is below my line. Okay, oh, of all the things that's... that I care about, it is below my line. Bobby, I'm actually going to tie this in with the Nick Saban thing. I, I, it feels like all of our sports have been pulled in an anti-American, oftentimes flat-out pro-China direction. And you're a sports guy, man. I'm not. I'm just a fan. I, I can't figure out when that happened. Maybe it was always that way when I was a kid, but I don't remember any of this at all. I remember athletes waving American flags and things like that. I, I don't remember this garbage from when I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, two things are really the cause of this. One, in particular, the NBA's case, is how much money they make in China. A couple of years ago, when then-Houston Rockets GM said that he supports human rights in Hong Kong, China pulled the NBA off of China's broadcast network. So the NBA lost a lot of money. And moreover, NBA players are making millions of dollars off of sneaker shoes that are made with cotton from um, concentration camps in China off slave labor. So the NBA and its players are making a lot of money from China, and they know if they say one wrong word, China will not only cut them off their airways, but also cut those sneaker deals, which is making like Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson, boatloads of money. I think the other side of this is the advent of social media, right, is that now brands like Nike, Subway, McDonald's, they're more responsive to online backlash and it seems like for whatever reason if you you can you can just you have to support black lives matter but if you support china all of a sudden 
you're con- or Chinese citizens, all of a sudden you're controversial. I think the biggest picture we have to understand here is last year at this time, the U.S. Secretary of State deemed what, the U- what China is doing to the Uyghurs as genocide. This is the closest thing we have right now to modern day Nazis. So for the warrior's owner to say, nobody cares about that, that he doesn't care about that. That's an owner of an NBA franchise saying, I don't care if modern day Nazis are doing that as long as we can still cash our checks. That's a horrific comment that I think is not getting nearly enough attention. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, Bobby. We're sending all of our athletes to China to, I mean, everyone knows hosting the Olympics is a big deal. It turns into a gigantic show, a gigantic parade on behalf of the host country. They get to show off quite a bit. China exports a virus to the world. China runs concentration camps, and now they get rewarded by us sending all of our athletes over there so they can get spied on. What's wrong with us? Yeah, I mean, and and Biden sort of um, you know, protests where he's not going to send certain people officials. That does nothing. You're absolutely right. So China set off this virus that really ruined our economy, halted the growth of children, shut down a lot of local businesses, and really, I think, just ruined a lot of people psychologically. If you look at Howard Stern, I mean, COVID just ruined the guy. And to get rewarded with having the Olympics, they're going to make all sorts of money. And what's fascinating about this is, the U.S., the United Kingdom, Canada, they're already telling their athletes, hey, don't bring your personal electronic belongings to Beijing because China is going to spy on them and they can seize that information. So they said take burner phones and laptops that you can dispose because you take any of your own stuff. China is going to get access to all of your private information. And China released a statement. They didn't even deny that. They pretty much just said, well, we might take the information but we won't release it. So not only are should China not be getting this, I, I think the privacy of all of our athletes are in some danger going over there. I can't think of a worse host right now than China, given what's happened the past two years. That's crazy. Bobby Brock, thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you. Talk soon, Jesse. Up next, we have a light in the mood that's a little bit different, kind of creepy, but it's so creepy it made me laugh, so hang on for that. But first... Have you signed up yet to become a supporter of The First TV? You should. Go to thefirsttv.com slash support and sign up. You know that Kamala Harris special we did last week? Still sitting right there to watch on demand for The First TV supporters. The George Soros special we ran, everyone loves that one, still sitting right there. Any of the specials that run on our network, they're all available on demand at thefirsttv.com slash support. We'll be back with Light in the Moon. It's time to lighten the mood, and this lighten the mood's a little different because it's not that light. I, I, I understand that's, that's kind of counterintuitive, but hear me out. This video has been floating around social media of some kids, and I can't stress this enough. These kids are in Canada. In Canada. It's been floating around social media a lot, and I've watched it several times. And each time I watch it, it just creeps me out so much that this is taking place with our formerly friendly neighbors of the North that I start laughing. I just, I can't help now but laugh at the absurdity of what we've done in this world, of, of, of what we've become, or I guess it's probably more accurate to say what we were and what COVID revealed 
look look at the brainwashing that is taking place right now across the Western world. Au vaccin, vous autres? Oui, tous les deux, on a une seule dose. Ah oui? Est-ce que vous êtes d'accord, vous autres, avec la vaccination obligatoire? Oui. Oui? Oh. Ah oui, hein? Wow. On dirait que je les ai drillés, Julie. Oui? <rire> Puis qu'est-ce qu'on devrait faire avec les gens qui ne veulent pas se faire vacciner? On devrait euh, appeler la police. Ouh, oui, oui, oui. S'ils n'ont pas leur vaccin, ça peut mettre beaucoup de personnes en danger. Fait comme le gouvernement est en train de faire en ce moment, il faut leur couper petite chose à petite jusqu'à temps qu'ils qu se tannent et qu'ils se fassent vacciner. En tout cas, vous avez, on a des futurs politiciens à côté de nous. <rire> Merci. Merci beaucoup à tous nos invités. What in the world? Whew. You know, I don't think I'm going back to Canada anymore. All right. Before we go. Tomorrow, we have a special. It's Joe Biden's one-year anniversary tomorrow. You know, the whole presidency thing that hasn't worked out that well. It's going to be a good show. You're going to, you're going to enjoy it. I'll see you then.